This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Russian missiles hit a kindergarten and an apartment block in Kyiv, Ukraine's capital. Joe Biden, American's president, condemned the strikes as, quote, barbarism. On Saturday, Russia gained full control of Severodonetsk in the country's east, according to local officials. The fall of the city, after months of fighting, is Russia's biggest military victory since capturing Mariupol in May. Several liberal states began to take measures to further protect reproductive rights following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Lawmakers in California may propose a ballot measured to enshrine abortion rights in the state's constitution. Minnesota's governor signed an executive order banning state agencies from cooperating with other state criminal investigations into women who seek care in Minnesota. G7 leaders announced a plan to create a $600 billion global infrastructure fund to counter China's Belt and Road Initiative in developing countries. The pledge was a product of the group's annual meeting in southern Germany. President Joe Biden said America would aim to contribute $200 billion in private and public funds to the project. The EU will muster $300 billion. Russia defaulted on its foreign debt for the first time in more than a century after Western sanctions inhibited its ability to make payments. The grace period for about $100 million of interest payments expired on Sunday. Russia's government owes $40 billion in foreign currency debt, half of which is held by foreign investors. The last time Russia defaulted on its foreign debt was during the Bolshevik Revolution in 1918. America, Britain, Canada and Japan announced a ban on imports of Russian gold, the latest in a string of sanctions designed to tighten the squeeze on Vladimir Putin, Russia's president. Russian gold exports were worth $15.5 billion last year and oligarchs often invest in bullion to soften the blow of Western sanctions, said Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister. Police in Turkey broke up Istanbul's Pride Parade and detained at least 200 people after the local government again forbade the annual march from taking place. The parade has been banned since 2015. Turkey's government has become increasingly hostile to gay people. Last year, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's strongman president, said, quote, There is no such thing as LGBT. Sri Lanka raised the price of petrol, a day after its energy minister said that there would be indefinite delays to future shipments. Konchana Widusukara blamed, quote, banking and logistical reasons for the country being almost without fuel. The crisis is one facet of an economic collapse which has seen Sri Lanka's foreign currency reserves depleted by a combination of poor policy choices and external shocks. And fact of the day, 84. The number of countries that have become less peaceful since 2008. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 
Russia returns to Ukraine's capital. Russian missiles provided a dark dawn chorus as they fell on Kyiv in the early hours of Sunday morning. At least one person died and six were injured when a bomb hit a block of flats. A playground nearby was also bombed. It was the first attack on Ukraine's capital city in several weeks. The strikes were probably meant to serve as a warning to Ukraine and its backers at a critical moment in the war. But if the intention was to break Western unity before the G7 meeting and NATO summit, it may have had the opposite effect. Ukraine is being considered for membership of the European Union, as is Moldova. Boris Johnson, Britain's prime minister, has urged G7 leaders that now is, quote, not the time to give up on Ukraine. The country needs all the help it can get. In recent days, Russia gained full control of Severodonetsk, a city in the country's east, in a long-awaited military victory. Its forces are now closing in on nearby Lysychansk. Will Laos be the next Sri Lanka? Much like in Sri Lanka, which has almost run out of petrol, queues at petrol stations have become a daily sight in Laos. With annual inflation soaring at nearly 13% in May, the economy of this small, landlocked country is in crisis. Laos was already burdened by public debt worth 88% of GDP in 2021. Then this year, the price of Brent crude, a benchmark for the oil market, rose by 45% to hit $113 per barrel, caused in part by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. An increase of American interest rates pushed up the price of imports. International ratings agencies warned that Laos is on the brink of default. Though Laos is a tightly controlled communist dictatorship, there have been flashes of public anger. In response, the government has announced plans to raise the minimum wage and reshuffle the cabinet. That may not be enough, however, to stem the public's rage. Israel braces for another election. On Monday, the Knesset, Israel's parliament, is expected to vote to dissolve itself and announce a general election for later this year. It will be the end of Naftali Bennett's short term of one year as prime minister. Yair Lapid, the foreign minister, will replace him until a new government is formed. Benjamin Netanyahu, the former prime minister who was turfed out by the Bennett-Lapid coalition last year, is raring to get back into office. But because he's not assured of a majority in the coming election, he is trying to postpone the dissolution vote so that he can establish a coalition that involves members of the current parliament. Mr. Netanyahu failed to muster a majority after the last four elections and is unlikely to find one now. Even if he manages to delay the vote by a few days, Israel is almost certainly headed for its fifth election in less than four years. Businesses wary as America's economic outlook weakens. There is not much to be cheerful about in the latest run of economic news in America. Inflation is at a four-decade high, interest rates are up, and the stock market is in rough shape, all while retail sales are sliding and housing sales are softening. Figures expected on Monday may add more gloom. Orders for durable goods, items which are expected to last longer than three years, such as computers and machinery, may have remained at about the same level in May as in April. This would suggest that business investment growth is grinding toward a standstill. The risk of an imminent recession is still limited, thanks in part to continued strength in the labor market, 
but a leveling off in goods orders would show that businesses are becoming more pessimistic. Spending restraints should help dampen inflation. The question is just how painful the journey will be. A Wimbledon with a difference. Wimbledon, Britain's annual tennis tournament, known for its archaic traditions, has long been distinctive in the tennis world. The 135th edition of the contest, which starts on Monday, is remarkable for less historic reasons. In response to the war in Ukraine, organizers have banned Belarusian and Russian players. It is the only tennis tournament to have imposed such sanctions. Those exiled include Daniil Medvedev, a Russian and the world's top-ranked men's player. The game's governing bodies disapprove and have ruled that players' performance at Wimbledon will not count towards their global rankings. Although some players will be disappointed, Wimbledon remains prestigious. It is one of four grand slams in the game. On the men's side, Rafael Nadal is on the hunt for a record-extending 23rd victory, and on the women's, Serena Williams is hoping for a record-equaling 24th. The other draw? The £40 million or $49 million prize money. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. Who was the first African-American woman elected to the U.S. Senate? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Helen Keller, who was born on this day in 1880. Some people do not like to think. If one thinks, one must reach conclusions, and conclusions are not always pleasant. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.